my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mark Moss Show, where we talk about, of course, the decentralized revolution. We're talking about the way the world is changing from centralization to decentralization, from a one global superpower to many, from a global homogeny to a bipolar or multipolar. And of course, we look at this through the lens of politics, finance, and technology to get context. But of course, below all of that sits the money. Money is the source of all the power. And so if you can centralize control over the money, then you can centralize the control over everything else. Now, that's why we have heard many, many times from the most powerful people in the world, like the Rothschild family, like Mayor Rothschild famously said, give me control over the money and I care not who makes the nation's laws. We heard Henry Kissinger's famous words where he says, um, Control the food, you control the people, control the energy, control the continent, control the money, you control the world. And so, of course, the battle is always over money. You know, um, I've been talking about Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies for whatever, seven, eight years now. And uh, if I had a dollar for every time somebody told me, but they will never let something like Bitcoin succeed because they will never give up control over money. Well, who are they? Who are they that won't let Bitcoin succeed because they don't want to give up control over money? Is it the U.S. dollar doesn't want to give up control to the uh, Chinese yuan or to the ECB's euro or the Bank of Russia's ruble or which one doesn't want to give up control over money? Because there is a battle over money. 
that you need to understand. Now, when you go back and you look through history, uh, you'll understand that yes, the dollar had or the dollar is the reserve currency of the world today, but it hasn't always been. Fiat currencies, reserve currencies typically last about 80 to 100 years. Before the dollar, it was the British pound sterling. Now, it's important to understand that when the dollar took over the role of the reserve currency of the world from the pound sterling, it was about a 30 or 40 year process. Now, eventually, there was a ruling from on high where the world got together in Bretton Woods in 1944 and said, officially, now the dollar is the reserve currency. But it, it started happening 30 to 40 years before when um, when the UK started weakening its currency by taking on way too much debt, um, getting itself into wars, um, weakening its manufacturing base, and all of those other things. And so the dollar took over. However, it's important to note that while the dollar did take over from the pound sterling 100 years ago, the pound sterling is still there today, still being used today. As a matter of fact, it's still one of the top three currencies used in the world today. So even though it lost its position, it's still there. It's worth noting that as we go through this. So, um, a lot of times people say, like, when will the dollar collapse? When will the dollar stop being the reserve currency of the world? Then I want to say, well, what is your definition of that? You want to know, when will the dollar collapse? Well, what's your definition of collapsing? Because the dollar's already down 77% to Bitcoin this year. It's already down uh, 65% to the S&P 500 in the last five years. It's down 58% to real estate in the last five years. Uh, it's down. It's da- it's cra- I mean, that's a crash to me. My dollars buy half as much house, half as much S&P 500, half as much gold, half as much gasoline as they did just a few years ago. That's a crash. So what's your definition of a crash? And so I would, I would ask that because it's, it's already happening. But back to the kind of point at hand. And so there's this battle over money. And so uh, everybody wants to know what is next? What's the next reserve currency? Well, uh, if you listen to me on a regular basis, you know that I'm talking about the decentralized revolution going from a world of centralization to decentralization. So I don't believe there is another next reserve currency, fiat reserve currency that the world agrees to on high that it's next. Well, when I don't say ever, I mean, ever is a long time, not in the near future, not in the next several decades anyway. Um, so I don't believe there is a next to replace the dollar, but we know that there's a battle. We know that they're fighting over who's coming next. And of course, you've seen people all over media talking about this. Even Tucker Carlson was talking about this on uh, on Fox News before he got kicked off. And he was talking about the rise of the BRICS nation. So we have uh, the BRICS, Brazil, Russia, India, China, South Africa, and the rise of the BRICS. And, and we've seen many, many reports. There's headlines that say, uh, like here's one on Markets Insider saying that Russia and China are brewing up a challenge to dollar dominance by creating a new reserve currency. So we see that. So they're trying to um, create a challenge to the dollar. They want to have a new reserve currency. The Chinese yuan, will it be the Russian ruble? Will they work together to create a new one, right? So, so they're jockeying for this. Now, we know that the all the central banks of the world, so the, the U.S. Central Bank, the Fed, the BOE, the BOJ, the PBOC, et cetera, um, they are all underneath the IMF, International Monetary Fund, which is like the central bank above central banks. And the IMF creates what's called an SDR, Special Drawing Rights. And in this SDR basket, it's a basket of currencies, and based off of each uh, country and their economic output and the amount of currency they have, et cetera, they get a weighting or a percentage in this basket. And we saw last year that the IMF lifted the yuan's weight, uh, weighting, uh, and in, it went from 
you know, 10.9% to 12.2%. So not massive. It hasn't overtaken the dollar. But again, we always want to look at the trend. And the trend is that it's growing, it's growing, it's growing. Now that prompted Chinese um, central banks to pledge to open its financial markets. Now, why is that important? Well, I'm going to come back to this later, why people say that the dollar can't be dethroned because of many things. I'm going to list those off, one of those being open financial markets. But here, the Chinese saying, okay, we're going to do it. We're going to open our Chinese our, our, our financial markets, which we'll see if that happens. But I think it's important to understand that as we see China rising to, no pun intended, China, China rising, uh, as China has been rising to kind of challenge the world and become this economic powerhouse of manufacturing and, and so forth, we see the rise of the BRICS. We know that things are weakening and we're going from this unipolar world. After World War II, the United States emerged as the economic leader in the world. The United States was uh, you know, it it's it saved itself. It wasn't involved. I mean, obviously, it was involved in World War One and World War Two, but that was fought over in Europe. So Europe, all the countries in Europe were completely ravaged, right? Germany and France and the UK, they were all bombed, right? Their, their their manufacturing ability was shut down. They spent all their money fighting these wars, but the U.S. profited from this. Now, I've covered this in many other uh, videos and and shows on this channel, talking about how the United States, specifically the banks like J.P. Morgan profited from the war by playing both sides of it. So the United States came out ahead. Um, it fought the war over on other shores. And unfortunately, lots of uh, Americans died during those wars. So I don't take that lightly. My grandfather fought in World War II. Um, luckily, he didn't give up his life during that war. But I don't take that lightly. But um, the bankers, they came out ahead. And the United States government came out ahead because America uh, emerged unscathed. And not only did they emerge unscathed, they managed to accumulate two-thirds of all the gold in the world at that time. And the United States was the manufacturing powerhouse of the world. The United States was the leader in global manufacturing and global trade. And so because of that, it was able to take that position and lead the uh, position um, of the world. But the problem is, is that while the U.S. did have that dominant position after World War II, throughout the years since, that's changed. And we've gone from a unipolar world to a multipolar world, uh, to a bipolar world, and now to a multipolar world. As a matter of fact, if you look at the United States, just in 2000 alone, the United States did trade with the majority of the world, except for some uh, African countries and and, and some Asian countries, mostly China. But now fast forward into 2020, you'll see that China is now doing country uh, trade with all the countries in the world, except for the North American continent, which is Mexico, uh, US and Canada, as well as a little bit of Europe. And so that has greatly flip-flop. And I'm gonna explain to you why that's important, but I also wanna tell you about the technological change that's happening that, that China, and the Bank of International Settlements is going to use to finally dethrone the dollar. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Ma Show. Of course, we're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world changes through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. So I want to talk about why all the reasons why the dollar can't be dethroned have just been changed. And what's coming next? You don't want to miss this. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back. Don't go away. I'll be right back.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All right, welcome back. If you just tuned in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking, of course, about the decentralized revolution, like always. But today, we're talking about how the money is becoming decentralized, how the dollar has been the global reserve currency of the world, and how that's changing, going from a unipolar to a bipolar to a multipolar world. Now, there's lots of reasons why this can't happen, but I think most of those have been resolved. So I'm going to talk about that. But really, like I was saying, uh, the United States... Um, emerged after World War II as this economic power, having the dollar being the strongest currency because it was backed by two-thirds of the gold in the world. It was also backed by the largest manufacturer and exporter of goods in the world. But the problem is the United States is no longer the uh, greatest manufacturer and exporter of goods. The United States is uh, probably no longer holding the majority of the gold in the world. As a matter of fact, nobody really knows how much gold the United States holds because they won't ever do an audit, which is pretty interesting. You know, you always have to ask yourself, you hear these rumors running wild, um, lots of rumors like the US doesn't have any gold. In my own opinion, if I had to guess, which I guess I'm guessing right now, I don't think the United States has the gold they say they have. And the reason why I would say that is because they said they had the gold. 1944, the dollar was now pegged to gold, $35 to one ounce. I think it was 8,000 tons of gold. And then they were forced to defend that. What do I mean? They started printing way too many of the paper claims, the paper gold certificates, the dollars, and giving them out to the world. So the deal was that the dollar would always be convertible to gold at $35 an ounce. Well, 
the United States government started printing way too many dollars. And the rest of the world saw this and said, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. We see what you're doing. The game is up here. We don't want these paper dollars. We want our gold. And so the, do- so the world was coming to redeem the paper certificates to get the gold back. And the United States was trying to defend that peg. Sound familiar? You know, FTX, like we've seen this game before. Um, they were trying to defend that peg. And so they kept giving the gold, giving the gold, giving the gold, pretending like it was no problem. Oh, sure. No problem. Everything's fine. Here's your gold. Here's your gold. Yeah, no big deal. Here's your gold. Here's your gold. Trying to, trying to pretend that they had not done what they had done by printing all these dollars, but the world knew it. Finally, France sent over its warships to give us, to get the gold. Like, hey, we're done. We want the gold. And at that point, the United States defaulted on its debt. And President Richard Nixon said, nope, enough over. Close the gold window. You can no longer get the gold out anymore. Now, so why do I think the United States doesn't have its gold? Well, because I know they were defending the peg, trying to pretend like nothing was was wrong. And finally, when France came to get the gold, they couldn't deliver the gold. Now, they could have just said, we have it and we don't want to give it to you. Or they maybe don't really have it. We don't know the answer to that. But my guess is two parts. One, I know they were defending the peg, so they gave up a lot of gold. We don't know exactly how much. We don't know if it got replaced. But what we also know is that they, they will not audit it. And this is where transparency comes in. If they didn't want these uh, rumors to run rampant, all they have to do is just do an audit, let some inspectors come in, put the cameras on, whatever, show us the gold. If you got the gold, show us the gold. But the fact that they won't do that tells me that there's probably something to hide, right? If you, if you, can't, be tr- if you can't be transparent, if you can't tell the truth, then it kind of means you have something to hide. And so because of those two circumstances, that's my guess. And again, like I said, they could just shoot that down by just saying that uh, we have the gold. So anyway, uh, that's what happened. Now, the key piece to understand after this is that you have to kind of understand, I talk about this uh, many times, and a lot of times people don't understand this, but we don't want money, right? Money is a medium of exchange. Money allows us to exchange our labor, we exert our labor, our ideas, uh, our capital, um, to get money, dollars in this case, and I know there's some purists out there like, Mark, you don't understand dollars aren't money, gold is money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you, you get what I'm saying. So we exchange it for money, for dollars, and but we don't want the dollars. I can't eat dollars. Dollars don't you know bring my family enjoyment. What I want is I want that money to buy me the things that I want, which is goods and services. I want food. I want gas for my car. I want a car. I want a house, et cetera. And so I want to exchange those, those for goods and services. And the reason why that's important to understand is going back to the United States, becoming this emergent power because they produced all the goods and they traded with the world. So the U.S. had all the gold and produced the majority of the goods in the world. And that was important because, again, we don't want money. We want the goods. So if I go to Chuck E. Cheese and I want to play a game at Chuck E. Cheese, I need the Chuck E. Cheese tokens. I don't want the Chuck E. Cheese tokens. What I want is I want to play one of their games. So I will ex- I will give them my money in exchange for their tokens so that I can spend those tokens at Chuck E. Cheese playing those games. Nobody else in the world is going to accept those tokens because what are they going to do? They don't want to go play Chuck E. Cheese games. Right? It's not a good medium exchange. And, th- and so it's important to understand that. So people would take the dollars because they could give the dollars back in exchange for goods. But today, the U.S. doesn't make the goods anymore. Now, 
China dominates the goods. So a lot of big, a lot of dollar bulls will tell you, yeah, no, no country will take other currency. They want the dollars because everyone takes dollars. Why would another country take fill in the blank with whatever fiat currency, Russian rubles, uh, Turkish lira, you know, bolivars, whatever? Why would they accept that when nobody would take them from them? Why would you accept Chuck E. Cheese tokens when nobody will accept those from you, except Chuck E. Cheese? Um, and so that's that's a good answer, except for. What can they really do with dollars? Now, other people accept dollars, but they can't really spend those at the dollar at the U.S. at the U.S. store because the U.S. doesn't have anything they need. Now, China, on the other hand, makes all the goods, so that's like China is the big Chuck E. Cheese now. So, if China gives me their tokens, the Chinese yuan, I can go spend them in China, and China just happens to make the goods that I need. Does that make sense? It's important to understand this, and when you see this. Then you start to understand the, the, the holes in these dollar bulls logic. So uh, Luke Grauman, uh, one of my favorite analysts, um, he said on Twitter, the flaw in most people's thinking is the, but the U.S. dollar is still 88% of global foreign currency trading, which it is. But the reason why that's wrong is because 99.9% .9 of the world doesn't care about FX trading. What they care about is they care about goods. <laughs> that they use in their everyday life. They care about food, gasoline, cars, etc. And so when we look at this over time, we can see just going back to 2010, if you looked at the world as a pie chart um, and you looked at the amount of manufactured goods value being added to the world in 2010, according to the World Bank, the United States made up about 25% and China made up about 25%. The euro market made up 25%. And then Japan made up maybe 30% and the rest was kind of made up between like India, Asia, et cetera. So it was, it was pretty even, 25, 25, 25 US, 25 China, 25 Euro, and then Japan with about 30 and then it kind of spread out. But now fast forward 10 years to now, well, 11 to 2021, and we'll see that now China has now moved from 25% of the pie to like 50% of the pie. The United States has gone from like 25% of the pie down to like 30% of the pie. And so what you see is now, again, China, the China's Chuck E. Cheese store has gotten bigger and has most of the goods and services we want. Now, the U.S. still has value that goods that it exports to the world. But what are those? What are those? Now, we know, um, you know, if we look at automobiles, for example, um, Japan is this automobile expert. Um, I'm going to break down exactly what the U.S. is exporting and you'll start to understand what I'm talking about. And then I want to tell you, like I said, why dollar bulls think this can't happen and how China and the BIS has just changed the game and hint, 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 it has to do with the CBDC. You don't want to miss this. What I'm going to unveil is brand new data. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to the Mark Ma Show talking about the decentralized revolution. And we're talking about how the dollar, how the currency is being decentralized. The plans were just unveiled. And I'm going to explain that to you when I come back. I'm going to take a quick break and I'll be right back. So don't go away. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. All right, welcome back. If you're just tuning in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, of course, the decentralized revolution, how the money's being decentralized, and how the U.S. dollar is getting decentralized away. And hint, 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 it's China and the BIS and a CBDC that's taking over. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So remember, nobody wants the dollars. We want the goods and services. So the U.S. used to be the producer of goods and services, and now China is becoming the goods and services. If we look at cars, for example, automobile exports, we can see Japan has been a massive exporter of, of, of cars, obviously, you know, Toyota, uh, Lexus, etc. Germany has been a major exporter of cars, right? What do they have? Uh, right, Mercedes, BMW, uh, Volvo, etc. Um, South Korea is a big exporter of cars. Um, and if we look at this chart from just 2010 to 2022, we'll see that Germany, Japan, and so Germany and Japan have fallen off of a cliff right around 2019, 2020, just completely plummeted. South Korea has been trending down since about 2012. The United States has stayed about flat, but China, starting about 2020, has taken off like a juggernaut. Now, a lot of cars. <laughs> Uh, like Tesla's, for example, are being made in China. So that's no wonder why that is exploding through the roof. But back to America, what does America export, right? We used to export lots of goods and services. Well, let me break that down for you. So in 2022, America's five biggest export products were, number one, refined petroleum oils. Number two, crude oil. Number three, petroleum gases. So the top three out of the top five are energy products. Then we have cars, and then we have electronic integrated circuits. Now, it's important to understand that three of the five biggest products have to have to do with energy. Refined petroleum oils and petroleum gases. Now, why is that important? Well, we're not shipping computers or textiles or cars or you know clothes. We're not shipping um, those types of things. We're literally sending energy. But the problem is, in the United States, energy is under attack. The Biden administration has been actively shutting down uh, oil projects, drilling projects, um, and things like that. And so our main export that we're trying to export is now being shut down. So how's that going to work out? We're already falling behind because China is exporting more goods. The U.S. is still exporting about 25% of the world's goods, but it's mostly in energy 
that we're trying to shut down. So that's not good. And then on top of it, we, uh, as I said, you know, Europe still has a, a pretty decent sized sliver as of, you know, 2021, still sitting on about, I don't know, 25, uh, probably about 20% or so, if I'm just looking at a pie chart here, about 20% of the world's exports, which mostly come from Germany. Germany is the economic engine of Europe. Down uh, Southern Europe, sorry if you're from there, uh, we call this the pigs, uh, Portugal, Italy, Greece, Spain. They don't really produce anything. They're just barely getting along because Germany is the engine that's driving it forward. German manufacturing, right? German engineering. And so not only, as I said, like the car manufacturers, but all types of high-tech equipment that Germany can make. But the problem is, is that Germany has a massive problem on their hands, sort of like the U.S., which has been cutting them, cutting their own, uh, cutting their nose off to spite their face, cutting off their energy supplies. Well, that's the same thing that happened in Europe. Germany shut down all their nuclear reactors, so their energy prices went through the roof. They became dependent on Russia for natural gas. That got cut off. And so now prices in, in Germany spiked sky high. There's not enough energy. And so I guess we can't manufacture goods anymore. And so Germany has been what we say deindustrializing. Industrializing is when we went from a farm and farm and uh, farm and cottage industry into actual like factories, cities and factories. And now they're deindustrializing because now those factories can't afford to run anymore. They don't have the power. So what's happening? Well, the, they can't produce the goods to export. We can see headlines all over the place. Germany's leaders and top CEOs have arrived in Beijing. They need China now more than ever. Yeah. They need, they need China to make their products for them because they don't have the energy to do that. We see uh, one of Germany's largest corporations, BASF, um, have now shut their factories down in Germany and moved them to China. We can see, you know, through all types of uh, trade blocks, we can, or when we look at the trade blocks, we can see that China is just taking over more and more. Uh, Matthew Pines uh, put out on Twitter, by squeezing Germany out of global value chains... China would secure a dominant strategic position. The tripolar network of exports on its way towards a unipolar Chinese dominance. So by squeezing Germany out of its global value chains, China would secure a dominant strategic position. So China doesn't have to squeeze Germany out. Germany is squeezing itself out. By shutting down its own power plants, by refusing to get its own energy out of the ground, shutting down its nuclear, refusing to get its own natural gas, putting itself dependent on Russia, now they can't even afford energy, they have squeezed themselves out of the value chains. The enemy is within. The United States, Germany, Europe, it's their game to lose. The only way they lose the game is by doing it to themselves, by literally shutting off their own energy, which makes no sense. So uh, here we are, uh, Germany squeezing itself out of, the, out of the supply chains. And going back to the Chuck E. Cheese example, remember, I only want Chuck E. Cheese tokens if I want to play games from Chuck E. Cheese. I only want the dollar token or the Chinese token if I can get goods from China or the U.S. But the only thing that the U.S. is selling is energy, and the U.S. is trying to shut its energy down, just like Germany did. So... Which tokens will be more valuable in the future if you want actual things, if you want actual goods and services? Would you rather have uh, Chinese tokens or U.S. tokens? And you start to see what's going on here. Now, you have to understand, like I said, there's a lot of people that say, but, but, but this will never happen, Mark. You don't understand. 
You don't understand because uh, there can never be another currency to take over the dollar because of, of many factors. For example, as I said before, the dollar makes up the majority of trade. It's widely accepted. Other people will take it. Nobody wants Chuck E. Cheese tokens because nobody takes them, but the dollar is accepted everywhere. That's true, except for what if China? Uh, why not just use them in China? Now, there's uh, four other reasons why the dollar won't be unseated anytime soon, but I'm going to tell you why they've just been usurped, how it happened, where China and the CBDC fits into all this, and more. If you just tune in, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, breaking down how King Dollar is losing its seat, and not gradually, but probably suddenly, with one big technological shift that was just released by the BIS and China. I'm going to break that down. And yeah, we'll talk about how to protect yourself. Back with that and more in a minute. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. All right, welcome back. If you just tune in, you are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about, of course, always the decentralized revolution. And we're talking about right now how the dollar is becoming decentralized, or I should say uh, there's other solutions besides the dollar. Let me say that. So um, as I was saying before the break, if you've missed any of this, don't worry. I got your back. You can go check it out on the podcast. It's a very, very important episode. You should be listening to this. Just search The Mark Moss Show on your favorite podcast player or go to the YouTube channel, Market Disruptors, and you can watch me and listen to me at the same time. All the past episodes are archived on there, so go check it out. Okay, so why will no other currency challenge King Dollar? Well, like I said, one, the dollar is widely accepted. Nobody wants to take Chuck E. Cheese tokens for your goods and services because nobody else would take those Chuck E. Cheese tokens. But if you accept a dollar, almost anybody in the world will take a dollar. Okay, so that's number one. But as I'm saying, if, uh, over the last 10 years, we've seen China just completely blow past the United States as leading goods and services. The U.S. is only selling energy. Uh, obviously, the, the dollar is also being sold by the, the petrodollar in Saudi Arabia. But now Saudi Arabia says they're going to start selling energy in other currencies. So why does anybody want the dollar now? The other reason why is because the dollar has open capital markets. That means I can put money in, I can take money out. And 
China doesn't have open capital markets. And so that's a big problem. However, as we talked about earlier in the show, I talked about how um, as the IMF increased the SDR basket for the Chinese yuan, China said that they would um, start to open up their capital markets. Now, I'll believe it when I see it. Uh, we're certainly not there yet, but that's number two why the king dollar won't be replaced. But here China is saying they're going to do that. Number three is that you need to have a functioning bond market. So the United States Treasury is the best asset in the world to own. Um by anybody, uh, you know, by these, by these uh, other central banks, uh, conglomerates, uh, et cetera. And so you need to have this functioning bond market has to be big enough, has to have enough liquidity, et cetera. You also have to have the SWIFT system. So the SWIFT system is, is what allows the money to go anywhere in the world. It's why the dollar is so accepted because the dollar really above everything is actually a payment network. And so it allows dollars to move anywhere in the world. I can send a dollar to basically anywhere in the world through this SWIFT system. If you ever sent a bank wire, then you know what the SWIFT system is. And then finally, the fifth reason is because of the correspondent banks that work within the system to move the money around. So you can't just unplug the dollar and plug in the yuan. You don't have all those other things unless you could just bypass all those other things. And that's exactly the point that we're talking about. So when technology, when you look at the world, how we industrialized, uh, specifically, let's just jump fast forward. I'm kind of running out of time here. Um, if you fast forward, you look at the United States and we, we had telephones. And it took about 80 years for the telephones to reach about 80% adoption because you had to literally run wires <laughs> across the whole country. That took a long time and took a lot of money. But once we had the telephone lines ran, it was much easier and faster to adopt the internet. The internet worked across phone lines, if you remember the old days of the internet. However, in other countries like Africa, for example, they didn't have phone lines. So Africa didn't get the internet. So they were kind of left out of that. But as soon as we got wireless internet, which is everything's done wirelessly now, as soon as we got that, then Africa leapfrogged past the U.S., they didn't ever they didn't ever go to wired phones they went straight to wireless and that's exactly where we're at with the money supply so while no other country has the functioning bond market the swift system the correspondent banks etc what if they could just create a new system that doesn't need those and that's exactly what we have so um, the bank of international settlements which is the central bank above all central banks uh, they're the big dog they're at the top of the org chart they're the ones that coordinate all the money between the world and the, the BIS and China have created something new called the M-Bridge. M-Bridge. And basically what this is, it's a cross bridge to move money between countries without the wires of what the U.S. system has. It allows, just like Africa, leapfrog past wire, they went straight to wireless. China is bypassing that old financial plumbing and just moving to new financial plumbing. And that this, this Crossbridge central bank digital currency platform really serves four main purposes that China really cares about. One, it, it blocks the ability for U.S. to impose sanctions, and it blocks the ability for U.S. to surveil all the financial transactions. Two, it builds non-USD rails with their key partners. So the USD rails are how the money moves. So now they don't have to use the US dollar system. They can move it on their own with their key trading partners, the rest of the BRICS. It expands their offshore currency liquidity. So now all these countries can just start using their currency directly with them without having to go through the US dollar rails without being worried about sanctioned and things like that. So it expands liquidity. And finally, fourth, it, it, it increases their influence 
over the geoeconomic sphere. So now China can have more influence on all these emerging markets because these emerging markets either one, don't want to use the dollar or two, they're not allowed. They don't have permission to use the dollar because of, of course, sanctions. And so now um, China can now exert their influence in this sphere because now people can just move directly to this currency. Now, uh, you can find this information on the BIS website. Um, it's called Embridge. Just go under projects and you'll see Embridge. But some text here says it's pretty important to read. The payment system underpinning cross-border financial flows has not kept pace with rapid growth. So what they're saying is that the payment system underpinning cross-border financial flows, which is the U.S. plumbing, the, the old wired phone system, the correspondent bank, SWIFT, et cetera. They're saying that's old and it hasn't kept pace with rapid growth. They're saying a global network of correspondent banks Banks that facilitates international payments is hindered by high costs, low speed, and transparency, and operational complexities. So the thing that keeps the dollar in power, this global network of correspondent banks, is actually the problem that they're trying to solve. You see? Sort of like phone lines were the barrier to speed, and now we can just send 5G across the air. And so that old network that's keeping the U.S. in dominant position is actually the reason why they need to replace it, and so now they can... They can uh, Fix that. It says, uh, notably, emerging markets and developing economies um, have affordable need affordable access to the global financial system. So the U.S. has kicked a lot of these people out of the financial system. They're not allowed to participate. They don't have permission, but they need they need to be able to get into a global financial system. How do they trade? How do they buy and sell goods if they're not allowed in, which the U.S. doesn't allow them? And so they need access. And so they say that a multi CBDC uh, arrangement uh, will connect all of them, and it offers significant potential to improve the current system. So by creating this new Embridge multiple CBDC system, they're able to connect together directly, which will give them a big improvement. It says the BIS Innovation Hub Hong Kong, the Hong Kong Monetary Authority, which is sort of the one of the capital uh, financial capitals of the world, the People's Bank of China, of course, PBOC, and the Central Bank of United Arab Emirates, UAE, which is, of course, energy, uh, working together to build such a multi-CBDC platform known as Embridge. So basically, they have just created a new system to completely bypass the entire system. Now, it's important to understand that this is not like uh, one day, uh, maybe it could happen. It's here. Like this is this is happening. As a matter of fact, they launched it and have already run multiple tests and they've already been, I believe, billions of dollars of trade have already been settled through this platform. This is something that we have to understand. It's here. Now, I do want to let you know it's a CBDC, yes, uh, but it's right now it's for central banks, it's for commercial banks, for state-run banks. It's not yet designed for retail CBDCs, meaning CBDCs that you and I would be using or forced to use, I should say. But I say yet. First, they got to get it going between themselves. Once it's up and running, then they can make us use it. So this is coming. It's coming fast. The U.S. dollar is going to lose its dominance, but it is a process, not an event. Well, this is sort of an event. This happened, and it's coming, and you need to know. Now, how do you prepare? How do you protect yourself? Well, you need to become less reliant on the government. You need to become sovereign. The less dependent you can be, the better you'll be. That means not depending on their financial system. You can use Bitcoin, not dependent on their food system. You can raise your own food or meet farmers that are. Um, you can not be dependent on their welfare. You can build your own wealth. Um, you can um, create wealth from anywhere by using the internet and being like a digital nomad. 
become less dependent on the system, and that's how you'll survive. All right, now, uh, if you want more help, reach out to me. Hit me up on social media, at one Mark Moss, and I'd love to uh, give you more information. I'm putting out information daily on, the, on my social media. Hit me up there. And that's what I got. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, see ya. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.